Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Before I tell you about today's show, I just want to say I'm back in the office after working from home for the last two and a half months. So if you notice my audio quality improve a little bit, now you know why. I'm very excited to be back and bringing you amazing guests like today's guest, Tyler J. McCall. And we're going to explore how to grow an Instagram following using a strategy that's going to be attracting the right people to your business. And it's all about the strategy. And Tyler brings all the amazing insight in today's interview. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Stelsner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Also, if you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Now let's transition over to this week's interview with Tyler J. McCall. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Tyler J. McCall. If you don't know who Tyler is, you need to know who he is. He's an Instagram marketing expert and founder of the Fan to Follower Society. He's also host of the Online Business Show, a podcast that helps people start, grow, and scale their online business. He also founded the Online Business Association. Tyler, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. I'm so excited to be here. It's awesome to have you back today. Tyler and I are going to talk about how to grow an Instagram following, and we're going to talk about strategy, which I'm very excited about. Before we get started, I want to ask this question, why today 
you know, in the middle of 2020 when we're recording this, yeah. why does growing a following on Instagram matter? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's a really good question. The first thing I want to I, I want to give a little context to this concept of follower growth and say that follower growth is important when it has a purpose for helping with business growth. Mm. And I think a lot of times businesses and brands, entrepreneurs who may be listening get a little bit confused about follower growth because we think, oh, well, if I get more followers, then I will get more customers, just, you know, more followers, build it and they will come. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't always work that way. And if the goal is just to get followers for the sake of getting followers, because it makes us feel cool and like we're special and we got all these followers, we have the K behind our follower count, we have the swipe up feature. I really want folks who are listening to reevaluate that a little bit and just make sure you have a plan in place for how you turn your followers into customers? How are you generating leads or inquiries or sales directly from your Instagram following? And if you have that nailed down, then follower growth is important because it helps you amplify your message, get in front of more of the right people, and then of course, turn more of those right people into customers. I love that. Amplify your message, get in front of more of the right people, and ultimately turn them into customers. I think that's what every marketer is looking for. One of the questions I've got for you is, I know that Instagram started hiding the likes on posts. Are they yeah. also hiding the follower counts or do you have any thoughts as to whether that's going to happen or not? And is social proof becoming a little harder on Instagram? That's interesting. You know, follower count, as far as my experience and my understanding, you can still see it. And I don't know if that's something they'll take away anytime soon. The elimination of the publicly visible like count, you know, has been kind of slowly rolling out in different regions for, gosh, a year or so now. And the concept of social proof on Instagram is interesting because I think a lot of the social proof has really moved well, it's not really even social proof anymore because it's kind of hidden. It's more as a creator on the platform, as a business or brand, it's really only numbers you can see. And really what I'm seeing now is that what's more important than anything is how savable and how shareable is your content versus how likable and how commentable. I don't know if these are words, but we're going to use them. Um, your content actually is on Instagram. So that's something that I've been noticing a lot on the platform. I also think that... A lot of brands have been learning that, and this is something I had to learn several years ago as I was really developing my Instagram marketing strategy and how I teach Instagram now, is that social proof may not always be the best measurement of the effectiveness of your content. Because what I tend to see is if you have a very sophisticated audience, let's say you are trying to reach high net worth customers or consumers, or you are selling a high ticket product or service, you may attract more lurkers on Instagram than engagers. Mm. You may attract folks that follow, that watch, that consume the content, and then they just make a purchase decision, but they may not like and comment on what you're sharing. So really, I think it's looking more at your reach on Instagram, your impressions, how many people are you getting in front of, and then what is that turning into in terms of you know those inquiries for your services or actual sales of your product? Well, and I love the fact that we're putting a marketing lens on this Instagram growth strategy discussion because I do think that most of us would rather have a thousand of the right people following us than a hundred thousand of the wrong people following us, right? Because yeah. if they're the right people, then 
what could that mean? That could mean that they might evangelize for us, right? Yeah. They might purchase everything that we have to sell. They might interact with us over direct messages and give us feedback that maybe the rest of the world wouldn't give us so we can make our products better and dot, 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 right? For sure. Yeah. And folks who are listening, I'm sure we all remember about a year ago, the story of the influencer with, you know, million plus followers who tried to launch a product line and sold, I think it was maybe 16 of her sweatshirts on Instagram to her millions of followers. Right. And it's just a really good reminder that the number of followers is not going to equate to the number of sales in your business or the amount of revenue your business is generating. And I also think, Mike, there's a kind of a difficult pill to swallow in this conversation. This is something I say to my clients all the time, and it's a little bit sassy, so hold on to your headphones as you're listening to this. But <laughs> I am a true believer, like, if you cannot get the followers you have right now to buy what you're selling, whether that's 25 followers or 25,000 followers, if they are not taking the next step to purchase your product or service, getting more followers is not the solution to that problem. You have a messaging problem and you have a conversion problem with the followers you have right now. And it's really important for brands and businesses to get really clear on the path for their follower from passive follower, from follower to fan, to raving fan, and how to get them to the point of purchasing what you're selling. Master that first and then focus on follower growth from there. Love it. So let's talk about some of the mistakes that people typically make when it comes to growing an Instagram following, maybe things that we ought not do, and maybe things that others are saying you ought to do, you know, so let's speak some further truths here to everyone, just in case somebody is doing some of these things, and they might need to be stopping. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, the first thing I can say, and, you know, it feels like it should go without saying, but I think we both know, Mike, that if it should go without saying, we probably got to say it because someone may be doing it, is you have to stop buying likes and follows. Right. You know, it's like basic social media marketing 101, but you got to stop doing it. And you also need to be really cognizant. If you are currently outsourcing your Instagram management to an agency or an individual or, you know, a service that either you found online or that found you and your following is growing at a suspicious rate, you need to really consider whether or not the strategies they're implementing are the right strategies. And getting really good at paying attention to the new followers you're getting. Now, I'm not talking about spending hours a day pouring over new followers, but just doing a quick spot check, looking at profiles. Do they look like legitimate profiles? Do they have a profile picture? Do they have some content? Do they have a bio? Does it look like a real human being or does it look like a bot is following you? Mm. So just get really aware of that and cognizant of who you are getting as followers. And then the other thing is don't get so obsessed with the hacks and the tips and the tricks for growth hacking. And, you know, I've said for a long time that this whole idea of how to get 10K in 10 days, it's unrealistic. And I also think it's the wrong goal. It's the wrong thing to focus on. If the focus was on how to generate $10,000 on Instagram in 10 days, I'm all for it. Like, let's do that. That's right. exciting. Right. But how to get 10,000 followers in 10 days, it's not really exciting. Like these contests that people do, right? Where yeah. part of it is you have to follow us or whatever. And I mean, that's just... I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that I think people find attractive, like they want they so desperately want to look like they're more established than they are. And they're willing to do these ridiculous techniques because in their mind, when other people look at them, they think they're not good enough if they've only got a couple thousand followers. Look, I only have like four thousand 
followers on my personal profile on Instagram. And I'm just fine with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's not a lot really, to be honest with you. I don't think for someone in my particular position, cause we have like a half a million on some of our other accounts, but I'm fine with that because the fact of the matter is that they interact with me and I love it. And it's like, I think we got to address that let's just spend a second talking this through. Like there's a lot of yeah. people that are just getting started and they've only got a couple of dozen followers on Instagram and in their mind, they're embarrassed by that. Why should they not be? Yeah. Well, the first thing is to remember everyone starts somewhere. You know, I'm sitting here today with my 35,000, whatever followers. Guess what y'all? I started with zero. <laughs> right. I built my following. You know, I hit my first like, you know, six figures in revenue in my business with fewer than 10,000 followers. So the number of followers and, you know, you, we could probably sit here and document story after story of people who are leading profitable businesses who have built profitable brands, either personal brands, product brands, service agencies, whatever it may be, who are doing the dang thing and who have very few followers or who started with few followers. So we all have to start somewhere. And the other thing to remember, and this is like, it's a little bit kind of mindset coaching here. And some folks, you know, I hope you can go with me here if you're listening, but it's important to remember that if you are showing up on Instagram with this desperate need for more followers, your followers can sense it. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that, Mike? Like when people are creating content out of this desperation for someone to see it or read it or watch it or consume it, just something as a consumer, you can tell what's going on. Like you can sense the desperation yeah. from what they're doing. I mean, absolutely. I get these private messages from guys with no shirt on saying, hey, I can help you grow your Instagram following, you know? And it's like, I'm sure women get the same kind of messages from people in bikinis or whatever, right? And the idea is like somehow, some way we can use some sort of ridiculous vanity system to get you to grow so that you can be like all the cool kids. And I'm just like, that just makes me, I don't know. It makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth because it feels completely inauthentic. And I yeah. also think this is part of what's wrong with a lot of Instagram is there's a lot of fake out there. For sure. I get the sense that the world is beginning to seek authenticity and realness and not polishedness. And sometimes that means lower numbers. And sometimes that means more realness. Don't you agree? I totally agree. And the best way to build your following, and we're going to talk about some really specific strategies soon, but the best way to build your following right now, if you're logging on Instagram and you have 10 followers or 100 followers or 1,000 followers, if you want more followers, show up regularly with really great content for those 10 people or 100 or 1,000 people. Talk to them as people. Focus on serving them as people. Build a relationship with them as people. And guess what? You're going to attract more of the right followers. A lot of folks think that, well, I need some strategy or tactic or tool to get more followers. There's some special hack I need to do to go get more followers. But at the end of the day, the number one component of successful follower growth is really good content. Do people have a reason to follow you? That's the question. And if not, you're not going to go gain your following. So the best thing you can do right now, show up for the people you have. If they're the right people, that's kind of a little bit of a sidebar. Like if you've accidentally built, a lot of people do this, they accidentally build a following of the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And we have to make some adjustments there to get us back on track. But if the followers you have right now are the followers you want, Show up for those people regularly with great content. Have conversations with those people. And I guarantee they're going to refer people to you. They're going to share your content and more of the right people are going to find you. Well, let's dig in on that. Like, what does it mean to show up regularly and what is good content? Let's dissect a little bit of both of those, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, for sure. So showing up regularly looks like whatever you can commit to in terms of consistent content creation and posting, that's not going to be so much of a burden that you can do it for a few weeks or a month and then you fall off the wagon. Mm -hmm. So I want you to get really honest with yourself. And for a lot of folks who may be listening, if you are you know, a solo entrepreneur, if you're running a small business or a small team, you need to be really honest with yourself about the fact that posting on Instagram five days a week Sure, that may be a great goal, but is that going to be the reality for your business for the next month or quarter or six months? You know, you kind of get caught in this content hamster wheel. And Mike, I'm sure you know this from experience because, you know, your company is creating a ton of content. Creating good content takes effort. It takes time. And if you can't commit to doing this long term, then you need to reevaluate. So what can you commit to doing on a regular basis long term? So for a lot of my clients now, that's two to three posts a week in the feed on Instagram. That's actually good news because the algorithm helps us get our content in front of more people longer, especially when we're creating really good content, which we'll talk about in a second. So two to three times a week in the feed on Instagram and then showing up on stories as regularly as possible. Now, what does that look like? It really depends on you. Like I'm a big fan. If you can be on stories five days a week, do your stories five days a week because Mm. stories is where we're really deepening the relationship with the followers we already have. And that's what's getting our followers excited to share what we share. That's what getting them excited to have a conversation with us. But that's the first part there. Committing to a schedule that you can do long term is what's really important. Okay. I want to ask a few questions here. Which do you think is contributing more to the growth of quality followers, the feed posts or the stories? Oh, good question. I look at the feed as it's solely about discovery and follow decisions. That's what's happening in the feed. So when people are coming to your profile for the first time, they're looking at your bio in this top six to nine post, and they're deciding whether or not they want to follow you. Mm. And then a lot of people don't think about this in terms of this is in the feed across all platforms, not just Instagram. But when someone's following you on a social platform and your content shows up for them in the feed and they keep following you, whether or not they realize that they have made a decision to keep following you. Like they, they keep consenting to what you are sharing with them. Because otherwise so they the, would unfollow you is what you're saying. Exactly, right? How many moments, I'm sure you've had this experience and folks who are listening have as well. You are scrolling through Instagram and something pops up and you're going, who in the world is this? Why am I following this person? Right. <laughs> and you tap over and you unfollow them. Right. You don't even recognize where they came from. So the feed is really about that discovery and those follow decisions. Got it. That's why it's important. So technically, yeah, you could post a series of six or seven really good posts and knowing full well that that when people see you in stories, they're going to check on your profile. And if they like what they see, they might follow you because it sounds like a lot of the activity is happening in stories. Is that what I'm hearing you say? I mean, could you get away with that? For sure. Okay, good. You definitely could. And I know some businesses and brands right now, uh, typically more personal brands, similar to what I do in my business, they're posting in their feed once or twice a month, Mm -hmm. but they are making magic happen in their stories every single day. Awesome. So let's talk about the good content side of it. Let's start with the feed content and then let's talk about the story content because I know there's so much more to the stories I would imagine than there is to the feed content. But what makes for good content in the feed? 
Yeah. So the first thing is good content in the feed does not necessarily have to be beautiful or branded content. I think there's still this belief that some people are operating from the, well, I'll never get more followers. I'll never be profitable or successful on Instagram because my feed doesn't look like blank, fill in the mm-hmm. blank with some business or brand. Right. It or doesn't or I'm be- not an amazing photographer, right? Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be beautiful. Now, that doesn't give you a free pass to make it look like all your content was captured in an Applebee's at nine o'clock at night under weird yellow lighting. So that's not what I'm saying here. But it just needs to be consistent. And there are so many easy ways to create a consistent visual presence on Instagram these days. I mean, you can download free or low cost presets to your phone that use Lightroom on your device and you can create a consistent edit on your Instagram feed. You can find stock photos. There's so many easy ways to do this now. What is Lightroom, by the way? Is that an Adobe product? Is that what you're referring to? It is, yeah. And they have a mobile version of the product that you can download on your smartphone. You can find presets that use Lightroom. You can find these presets on Creative Market or from other creators online. And all you do is it's a fancy filter pretty much for your photo that creates this consistent aesthetic for your Instagram feed. And it does it with a photo from your phone. So rather than just relying on the basic filters that are built into Instagram, you can create something a little more custom is what I'm hearing with Lightroom. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. So get really just clear on the visual identity of your feed. But that's the easy part. Okay. A lot of folks overcomplicate this. They want to have this perfect color scheme or this perfect flow of their content with a graphic and a picture. And you're making it too complicated. It doesn't need all that. It just needs a consistent visual identity. The quality of the content, really good content, is content that is giving people some kind of information, some knowledge, some experience. It's eliciting a response from people. And it's really answering that question of when someone comes to your profile for the very first time and they're looking at what you're doing, they are asking themselves, why in the world should I follow this account? What's in it for me as a follower? What am I going to get out of this? So that's the lens through which you need to look as you're creating your content. So it's educating people. It's inspiring them. It's motivating them. It's making them laugh. It's maybe challenging them to be better or to make better choices. It's helping them accomplish some kind of goal that is getting them closer to whatever your product or service helps them accomplish through that free content. Give us a couple of quick tips on what makes for a good story on Instagram. Oh, well, I know we could talk about this all day, but just give me the kind of like couple shotgun high level tips because I know we've got a lot more stuff we're going to talk about. For sure. Yeah. So go back to elementary school. Remember, all good stories have beginnings, middles, and ends. Your story should begin with something that sets the tone so your followers aren't confused. You should take them through the entire story. So through an experience, teaching them something, how to, day in the life, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And you have to wrap that story up at the very end. So that's a quick tip there. The other thing on stories is diversify your content in stories. And you can do this all on your smartphone. You don't need to create stories outside of your device and bring them into your phone. You can just create them all on your phone. So diversify your content, do some text on the screen, then maybe do a little bit of video, then maybe some boomerangs, create something that's creating some visual interest and catching the eye for your followers. So they keep watching what you're doing. I think at the top, you said something about shareable and savable content. Can you talk to, talk to that a little bit? What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So these are two new 
insights that we have access to on Instagram that a lot of marketers are not paying attention to, but they're really important. So at the post level insights, you can tap in and you can see likes and you can see comments, but you can also see saves and shares. So saves is what happens when someone is tapping that bookmark icon and they can create custom collections similar to having your own kind of custom Pinterest board on Instagram. And the other is shares. So people have the ability to share your content either to their own Instagram story or they can send it directly to another Instagram user via DM. And what we're really noticing now with our clients is the more often that they create content that's highly savable and or highly shareable, the more their following is growing because it's catching people's attention. It's getting their content in front of new people. And it's also giving people something to come back to. So, and there's some specific types of content we can talk about, but that's what I mean when I talk about savable and shareable posts. Is that insight only available if you have a business account or can you also see that on a personal uh, account? Do you know? It would only be available at the business level, potentially at the creator level as well. I would assume it's available with the creator profile, but yeah, you're not going to see this on a personal profile. Is there any reason we shouldn't upgrade? Uh, no. If you are a business or a brand using Instagram to market your products and services, I'm a believer in the fact that you need a business profile. If not, you're making a lot of marketing decisions based on your gut and based on very few data points and you need more information. Give us a couple tips. It sounded like you might have a couple on how to create savable content. Do you encourage the save or what do you do exactly Yeah, or share or whatever? Yeah, I think building in, you know, a call to action for a save or a share is a great thing to try out. What we tend to see is that content that is eliciting some kind of a response in people. So some kind of emotional response, something that's making people laugh or smile, even content that may be frustrating for people or a little bit grating for people, something that is bothering them a little bit that's going to elicit that response from them could be some kind of content. Also, really educational content, high quality educational content is great for this. And it really comes down to the graphic itself or the post, the, the visual component of the post. So what we tend to see is that quote graphics, I'm sure a lot of folks who are listening have seen the popularity of tweeting something, then doing a screenshot of the tweet as a post on Instagram. So quotes, graphics, memes, cartoons, charts, you know, any kind of like visual representation of an idea or something educational, that type of content is highly savable and incredibly, incredibly shareable. And, you know, a couple of years ago, Mike, if I were on the show and we were talking about what to post on Instagram, I'd be talking about the importance of posting pictures of people which is still true, people need to see faces, especially if you are you know, a solopreneur, a personal brand or small business, people wanna see who's behind the screen. But what we find now is that photos of people are not really savable and they're definitely not shareable, mm. even with a really great caption. Because think about it, how likely are you to share a picture of a stranger on your own Instagram story. It's a little bit weird. Yeah. So if you could take that information and put it into a graphic or a cartoon or something like that, it's going to get a lot more shares that way. Question on stories, you know how they have that create feature that allows you to kind of compose yeah. text in a beautiful format. Do you know if that's also available or coming to the feed so that people can kind of create these kinds of graphics almost like they can on Facebook? I love that question. It's not in the feed right now. Um, I would love if they would give us more creator tools at the feed level, but it looks like it's all in stories right now. I would imagine you could compose it in Facebook and take a screenshot and then go ahead and post it on Instagram. Have you seen anybody do that? 
For sure. Yeah. And I've also seen there's a really popular trend now of posting something that would traditionally be a static based post on Instagram, adding some kind of moving element to the post and posting it instead as a video, Mm. because then we open up retargeting capabilities for ads and creating custom audiences that way as well. Very fascinating. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about outreach, because I also know this is a part of your strategy, right, which is to somehow engage with people in a way that is not slimy (laughs) to, (laughs) to intentionally attract the right people to you. Like what's the process there? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So what we teach our clients is that if you want to grow your following, you get really good at creating good content and then you have to go out and find your followers. Because what we tend to see now is that the days of posting really great content with well-researched hashtags and then just magically getting likes and comments and follows, unfortunately, those days are over because user habits have changed. So uh, instead- Wait, does that that mean we should not use hashtags or does it mean they're just diminishing in the returns? So definitely still use them because people could be searching there, but I don't find them as effective as they were a few years ago. And the main reason, Mike, is because a couple of years ago, pre-Instagram stories, if you were mindlessly scrolling and liking things on Instagram, you would go to hashtags and you would look at the discovery tab. Like that's where you would hang out. But now we have stories. That's the first thing most people click on when they open up Instagram. So they're mindlessly watching Instagram stories instead of mindlessly scrolling like they used to. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, so they're not as effective. So what we teach now is really good content and then outward engagement strategies, outreach strategies. Now, when I say outward engagement, I am not talking about cold messaging. I'm not saying doing this whole slimy, sleazy thing that Mike talked about earlier where you're going to follow someone and then message them with the, hey, how are you? Tell I get it all the time wow, yeah, with yeah. folks that are saying, hey, how are you? Tell me about your health and wellness goals. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's so go to. Yeah. <laughs> And my go-to response now is, no, thank you. That's all I say to them. Right. And then block and report. I'm done with it. Yeah. So nothing like that. We're not cold messaging. Instead, we are finding potential followers. And we're going to talk about where to find these people. We are going to their profiles. We are liking their posts. And we are leaving meaningful comments on the content they have shared. And the goal of this is that when we do this, we're catching their attention because I think we can all attest to the fact when someone comes and engages with us the first time that we don't know, we're going to say, oh, I wonder who this person is. Let me go check out their profile. Well, and most people don't comment also, right? So just the fact that you commented is going to make you stand out, right? Totally. Yeah. And then when they're coming back to your profile as a brand or business or entrepreneur, They are looking at your content, they're reading your bio, and then they're making that decision about whether or not to follow you. Mm. So that's the strategy, you know, pretty boiled down. We can definitely get into some details about it, but just about going out, finding people, liking their stuff, leaving meaningful comments on their content to catch their attention to bring them back to you. So this is really fascinating. So first of all, I guess, how do you even find people? Let's talk about that. Yeah, so there's actually five different areas on Instagram where we can go out and find people. The first is hashtags, which we talked about earlier. We can go into hashtags where people are creating and sharing content and we can engage with them at that hashtag level. Uh, The second place is locations. This tends to be the most overlooked place on Instagram. Hmm. So when you go into the search tab on Instagram, all the way over on the right, you'll see a little places tab and you can actually tap in and search for content that is shared 
at specific locations. Like social media marketing world, right? I mean, that's a location when we were, or if you're at an event, I mean, I know we're not doing big conferences anymore right now, but, (laughs) but if you're at a place where you know a lot of people are like you, then that might be smart, right? For sure. And this works really well for local businesses and brick and mortars because, you know, let's say you own a dance studio and you're trying to reach families for your your programs. You could go and you can engage with content that's shared at local schools, at family centers, at gyms, at churches, at faith centers. Go and engage with content shared there where families are hanging out because you're going to catch their attention and maybe they'll come back and follow your studio on Instagram. So lots of opportunity there. And then the last place is in what we call target accounts. And there's actually three types of target accounts. So we have competitors. So these are people who do what we do, provide a similar product or service. We have complementary brands. So these are businesses on Instagram that really round out what we would do in our business. So an example I typically go to because I work with a lot of these folks are wedding professionals. So for example, if you're a wedding photographer and you want to grow your following, then you could go engage with people who are following and engaging with wedding planners, officiants, venues, bakers, dress shops, Flower DJs. places, yeah, all that exactly. stuff. Exactly, right? yeah, because it's a complimentary brand to your product or service. And then the last thing are customer or client favorites. So this may be something, it's not even related to what you sell, but you know your people hang out on that account. You know they love what that account does. And the way that we engage with target accounts is a little bit different. Real quick on the favorites, how in the world do you find the favorites? Is there some way that they're like somehow starred or something like under people's profiles or do you just have to ask people or how does that work exactly? Yeah. So it's a mixture of asking people, talking to your customers and finding out who else they follow, what other kind of content they enjoy. And then just a little bit of, you know, good old fashioned internet sleuthing and finding who else these people are following on Instagram is a great way to do this. And then when you've dialed in your ICA, your ideal client avatar, you really know who your ideal customer is, then it becomes pretty easy to start making some assumptions or guesses about where they hang out on social media and who else they like to follow. So we've talked about hashtags and physical locations. And then we've grouped the competitors, complementary accounts and customer favorites into a different category, which I don't remember. What did you call that overarching category? Did you have a name for that? Target accounts. Yeah. Target accounts. So you were about to say that you interact with these target accounts differently than you do with the others. If I heard you correctly, can you talk about that a little bit? That's right. Yeah. So at the hashtag level and at the location level, we're really just seeing who's posting in those places and we're engaging with those people. But target accounts are a bit different because we don't necessarily want to engage with the target account. So let's just take for an example that dance studio and maybe there is a local Let's take a a dance studio and they want to engage with people at a local uh, trampoline park because those are a thing now. I wish those were a thing when I was a kid. Yeah. Those are, I got one of those walking distance from my office. (laughs) Oh, how cool. Okay. I'd never be at work. I'd always be at the trampoline park. (laughs) So if you were trying to grow your following and get in front of potential customers at the trampoline park, engaging with a trampoline park isn't really the goal. I mean, you can to build a relationship with them, but they're not really the primary audience here. It's their followers 
It's people who are engaging with their content. Mm. So the easiest way to do this, if I were a dance studio owner, I would go to the Trampoline Park's Instagram account. I would pull up their post and I would go to the comments and I would look at who is commenting on their post. And then I would go engage with that commenter. And the reason we go to commenters are because they're the most engaged user for that account, obviously. Now, if there aren't commenters, we can look at people who are liking that post. And if we don't really like what we're seeing in the likes or a next level is to go to people who follow that account. But it's about following those people back to their own accounts, liking what they're sharing and leaving meaningful comments on what they've shared. Does that process make sense? Yeah, I think what I'm hearing you say is to go to the trampoline competitor and look at the people that are commenting on their posts. And I would imagine when you click on those profiles, you're looking for some sort of signal that they might be also the target audience that you're going after. Is that correct? Exactly. So in this scenario, I would want to make sure it's pictures of family, it's pictures of kids, it's pictures of maybe, you know, those kinds of things. Exactly. And what do you say so it doesn't appear as if you're some random stalker? I mean, like, (laughs) you know, like talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you don't say is great post or (laughs) or Or, great post. Saw your comment over on the trampoline thing. You don't necessarily want to say that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's instead of looking at this account and finding a post where you can leave a real meaningful human to human comment. Mm. And so, you know, saying something about what they've shared, if it's a picture at a restaurant saying, oh my gosh, I love that restaurant. Have you tried this thing there? A great example, if we use the wedding professional example, you know, a lot of times we'll have wedding photographers that are going to engage with pictures that have been posted at bridal shops. So it's leaving a meaningful comment on those things and saying, congratulations, I'm so excited for you. Champagne cheers emoji, just really simple stuff. It's not pitching yourself. It's not promoting anything. It's not being weird. It's just leaving a real comment on on this, this person's account. And if they don't like it, they're going to ignore you. That's the worst thing that can happen. But there's also the opportunity for them to come back to your account and say, who's this person that commented and liked three to five of my most recent posts? Come check you out. See that you provide something they're looking for. They like your content, whatever it may be. And then give you a follow and give you some love back and maybe buy your product or service. So do you just kind of one and done this and don't worry about it and don't look back to that person again? Is that the idea? Or do you you tell me more about that? That's a great question. It really depends on how much kind of effort you want to put into tracking or developing your own system. When we're doing this for my business, we're just kind of a one and done. We're going, we're liking three to five posts. We're leaving at least one meaningful comment. Uh, We may watch a few Instagram stories just so we pop up in their viewers on Instagram. Mm. And then we're on to the next one because, you know, we're trying to do this for my business. We're spending about 15 minutes a day doing this, trying to engage with about 100 people a day. And then we're just paying attention. We're just tracking our follower growth on a weekly basis. Now, this is the important part of the equation. You're using the word we, right? And we Uh at Social Media Examiner have multiple individuals that have access to our Social Media Examiner Instagram account. And this can be done by more than one person. Talk about that a little bit. Totally. Yeah. So I have a marketing coordinator that works with me in my business. We've actually gotten to a point, we've been working together for a year now. And we're actually at a point where she creates 
and post a majority of my Instagram feed content, which is wild because she's writing it as if she's me. And it sounds like I read things, Mike, and I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) did I write this? Where did this come from? And that's just through a year of nurturing and working with her and giving her guidelines and resources and all of my content and tweaking things and coaching her on that. So she does that. She manages most of my direct messages now, and she's doing this growth and engagement strategy. I don't do this myself. So there's tons of opportunity here for you to build this out in your company right now with someone. And look, it doesn't have to be a position completely dedicated to this. This person on my team is part-time. She also manages our podcast and our email and does bookings and does PR and other things. So, you know, even just an hour a day of someone that's dedicated to this, even an intern or even your high school student you know, high school student kid (laughs) paying them a hundred bucks a week to like help you with your Instagram account. There's so many opportunities to do this and work with someone else. So it's not you, you know, spending your time on something that may not be the best use of your time in your business. So what about the non-target audiences, you know, the hashtags and the locations does, is it a different strategy or is it the same strategy? Talk to me about that. Yeah, it's really similar. We're just looking for the content directly in the hashtag or directly in the location. And we're doing the same thing. We're going to like what they've shared there, maybe leave a comment and then follow that person back to their own account and like and engage with what they're doing on their own account. What about stories? You know, obviously you can put a hashtag and a location into a story. Does it make sense to do the same thing via a private message in stories? You definitely could. That's not something that I spend too much time doing or teach. Um, I'm actually not even a huge fan of tagging stories with hashtags or locations, unless it's for a very specific topic or event. For example, social media marketing world, I always tag my stories there because I know there's a lot of fellow social media nerds like me looking in the hashtag and seeing what's happening. But normal everyday type of stuff, I don't really use hashtags in my stories. I don't teach that that much because we don't know yet. And I wish we did because it's been a while now. But we don't really know how Instagram selects what stories or even what part of a story to put into a hashtag. So if we're creating a really well-crafted story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and we're putting hashtags in it, Instagram's going to grab random bits and pieces of that story. So people, if they see it in the hashtag, it's not going to make sense. They're not going to have all the context for what they're watching. So that's not as important to me and not something I really teach. So we've talked about how first and foremost, you have to have great content in your feed or at least on your profile. So when people check you out, they say, here's a reason for me to follow this particular person, right? And we talked about how it needs to be something that's ideally shareable and savable, right? And we spent some time talking about what is really good content, right? And that's going to take a little bit of effort. And we spent a lot of time really going into this kind of intentional outreach kind of a strategy. Have you found that the outreach strategy we've been talking about can actually have a pretty substantial impact on attracting the right kinds of people. Because again, I want to reiterate, our goal here is not just to attract anyone. It's to attract people that are the kind of people, right? And it sounds like this is a good old fashioned networking play, (laughs) right? (laughs) 
It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I've always approached social media as, you know, it's not a replacement for networking or it's not a replacement for word of mouth marketing or referrals. It's simply a megaphone for those things. It gives us the opportunity to do those things at a grander scale. And look, I've been doing this strategy you know, for myself now for five, for, oh my gosh, five years, use the strategy for clients. Uh, when I ran my agency model, taught the strategy now to thousands of entrepreneurs and they're all getting results. We have clients in our, in our membership community that have used this strategy in a year's time. And they've gone from, you know, uh, uh, 80 followers to 10,000 followers. They've doubled from 10K to 20-something K on Instagram uh, and, and more and more results. And the really cool thing is that they've also grown their income. They've grown their revenue solely from Instagram as well. They're really leveraging stories. They're really uh, mastering direct messages because selling in the DMs is an art form. And and I tell folks all the time, if you are not using direct messages in your business right now, you're not even turning the money printing machine on because then you're missing out on so much opportunity to sell in the DMs. But they're getting incredible results. And this strategy is a big part of that. Awesome. Tyler, you've been absolutely spectacular. If people want to discover more about all the great things you've got going on, where do you want to send them? And Tell everybody a little bit about some of the things you've got going on. Yeah, for sure. So Instagram's where I hang out most days. So come hang out with me there at Tyler J. McCall. If you want to learn more about Instagram marketing strategy, in particular, some of what we talked about today and my complete approach to Instagram marketing for online business owners, you can check out tylerjmccall.com slash free. I have a free Instagram masterclass there. And since you're already listening to a podcast, why not head on over and check out my show, The Online Business Show, where we're talking all things growing, starting, scaling, and online business. And I'd love to have you come join us over there and tune in. Yeah. And for those that are uh, listening, McCall is M-C-C-A-L-L, right? That's right. There's a double C in there. Tyler, thank you again so much for sharing your wisdom. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Also, if you've missed anything, we took all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 412. If you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about the show? This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.